Hi everybody. Um, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday and this is not uh, the exact halftime show that you were expecting, but for all those people out there who are not football fans, I hope you can join us tonight. Oh, and I do see people joining. I guess not everybody's a football fan. Awesome. Welcome. Wow. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Hashem, for Torah on Super Bowl night. Okay. Um, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining. I'm so happy that you're all here. Who won? I don't know. I don't think it's over. My boys are not home yet, so it's definitely not over. Um, welcome everybody. Okay, I'm so excited to be teaching on this night. Um, Common, you want to be a guest? Maybe another time. Um, okay, so tonight's woman that we're actually going to be learning about is a woman named Sarah Bas Asher. She may not be as famous as the other um, women that we've learned about. Um, for example, Rivka and Rachel and Leah, even Dina is probably more famous than Sarah Bas Asher. But there is something that um, Sarah Bas Asher is very famous for. Maybe somebody here wants to comment while people are still joining. Something that Sarah Bas Asher is famous for. Um, Hi everybody, still coming in. I'm so happy that you're all here. Um, okay, so um, let's get started with who Sarah Bas Asher was. Okay, so obviously she was the daughter of Asher. Okay, so Asher was one of the, um, one of the Shatim. Dina was an absolute legend. I'm so happy, Gishmak Herring, that you enjoyed. <laughs> um, okay, so Sarah Bas Asher, fascinating, fascinating story. Um, yes, Miriam, thank you. She told Yaakov that Yosef is still alive by music. Yay, thank you. Okay. Um, so what we really know about Sarah, um, just from the Torah perspective, giving food to a poor person? I'm not sure. Yes. Relaying that Yosef is still alive to Yaakov is definitely one of the big ones. Yes. Okay. So when we read the Torah, we only see Sarah Basasha actually recorded twice. Once we see her name when the Jewish people were coming down to Mitzrayim for the first time as a nation, they say they counted that there were 70 people. It actually notes that Sarah was one who completed the 70 people. There are those Medrashim that say it was Yochaveh, that Yochaveh was born between the walls. There are other Medrashim that say that it was Sarah Bas Asher. She was named as one of the 70 people that came down and she completed it and she made them a nation, right? 70 people... Um, is the nucleus of a nation. Obviously, later on, 600,000 becomes the number that becomes a nation. But Chazal say that she's the one who completed the 70. Um, the second time that we hear her name is actually in Bamidbar, when we're counting, Hashem was counting the Jewish people, Moshe was counting all of them, and she is counted as one of the children of Asher. And she is counted, and she, her name, Sarah Bas Asher, she's one of the children of Asher. It counts the sons of Asher and also counts the daughter of Asher. And um, if you think about it, it's a little crazy though, because if she's recorded in Bamidbar, and she's also recorded when they came down to Mitzrayim, that's like a 250 year gap. So we have a woman who's obviously living a long time and it doesn't really make sense. So what we're gonna try to do is we're gonna try to understand where she got this blessing of such a long life and how she keeps popping up in the Torah. And it's not the only two places that she pops up in the Torah. She also comes up in the story of Shmuel and the story of David Melach, and she comes up later in the story of Rabbi Yochanan. So um, 
the Medrash very famously brings down that when the brothers found out that Yosef was still alive and they wanted to tell their father, Yaakov, Yaakov at that point was an elderly man and Yaakov has been through a lot and Yaakov was very depressed and he was very sad and he lost his Ruach HaKodesh, he lost his ability to have Nevuah. So they were trying to figure out a way that they can tell their father in a calm and relaxed way that wouldn't frighten him. So um, what they did was they asked Sarah Basasher, who actually, she was the granddaughter of Yaakov, but it says that she was raised in the house of Yaakov. So she lived there in the house. And there, when she lived in the house, it says that she was a very modest woman. She was very pleasant. She was very wise. Um, she was a good musician. She played the violin. Um, it says about her that she was somebody who went above the letter of the law. She was uh, a chassid of some sort, okay? And she was an amazing person. So they asked her if she could break the news to her grandfather. So she took out her violin and she wrote a song, an Odio Chai. She was saying that my uncle Yosef is still alive. And when you hear it in a song, I don't know if this happens to anybody else or this is just me, um, but it takes a few times to hear something to actually understand it, right? Like, or I'll just like Google the lyrics and be like, what's happening in the song? But if not, you have to like hear it. You have to try to understand what they're saying. And then all of a sudden, as he heard it a few times that she kept playing the song, Yaakov was like, one second, are you saying that Yosef is still alive? And all of a sudden he realized his Ruach HaKodesh was coming back and he started feeling happier and better. And he went over to Sarah and he gave her a bracha. And he said, because you added years to my life, because you made the rest of my life something worth living, then therefore I'm going to give you a bracha that you are going to not be affected and not be bound by the the laws of, of, of life and regular death as regular people experience it, and you are going to be able to live forever. So even though we do know that she was actually at a certain point, she was buried, we know that she had a neshama like Eliyahu Navi and like Yaakov Avinu that they never died, okay? So it says Serach Asher was one of those 10 people who never died. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> Remind me to send you the link to a ring light, even though I think you have one. Um, okay, so we see that she lived a very long time. She lived from the time that the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim. She was there when they came down as a nation. And then she was also there when they counted them later after they left Egypt and they were already in the desert. So let's try to understand some other stories about Sarah and understand what her power was as a woman. Um, I see somebody's asking a question. Did she not die or something? Maybe the neshama went up and I remember something. Yes. So eventually we, we find out in Babel that she did die, but um, she is able, she has the ability to come back into this world. So we'll, we'll get to that. So let's talk about some other stories that will teach us who Sarah was and who she represented as a woman. So um, it says that when the Jewish people were in Egypt and they were ready during the time of the slavery of Paro, backbreaking labor, and it was already very difficult, the Jewish people heard some news that this person Moshe came and he told them, he performed some miracles and he told them that I'm going to be the redeemer, I'm going to be the one who's going to take you out of the triumph. So the Jewish people didn't know what to do and they weren't sure if this person was the right person. You know, we've had false Mashiachs in the past, right? Well, this was probably one of the first times that they were maybe considering it. And they said, you know what? We have such a good idea. Let's go to Sarah Bas Asher because she's been around for a very long time. She probably knows this stuff. So they go over to Sarah and they say, you know, this man, he came over, he came over to us and he performed miracles and he told us that he's going to be the redeemer. He's going to take us out. And Sarah's like, no, no, you can't just believe anybody who comes over to you. Um, tell me more of what he did. And they said, well, he used a very specific Lashon. He used these words of Yifkod, Pakod, Pakadati. And Sarah said, wait, 
what words did he use? He used those words, pakot pakadati. He's the one, he's the redeemer. So Sarah, who at that time obviously was a prophetess, we don't include her as one of the Shiva Navios because her prophecy is not for all generations like the other prophetesses were. We spoke about that in the first series of Holy Women and, and Nevoa. So she's not considered one of them, but she was a prophetess in her own right. She knew all along that Yosef was alive. She, however, did not tell Yaakov because she recognized that, you know, Yaakov is a Navi himself. And if Hashem didn't share that information with him, he obviously doesn't want him to know. So she is, she knew that information then. And now she also knew that Pakot Pakazi, yes, I see people are commenting correctly. Pakot Pakazi are, is the code word of the redeemer of the Jewish people. And she knew this because her father, Usher, who passed it on from son to daughter, they passed it on. These were the secret words that she knew that he was going to be the redeemer. And later on, when they were in Mitzrayim, they um, were leaving and they had tradition that they needed to take out Yosef bones from Mitzrayim. Yosef did not want to be buried in Mitzrayim. So when Moshe was leaving, and Moshe knew that one of his jobs was that he has to take the bones of Yosef out, they said, um, how are we going to find it? So they're like, let's ask Sarah, because Sarah was around during the time of Yosef. So they go over to Sarah, and Sarah tells them exactly where it was. She told them that the Egyptians, they took the body, they put him in a coffin, they put him onto the bottom of the, of the Nile because that was like their holiest place and that's where he was buried. And Moshe came there to the Nile and he obviously, he used the name of Hashem and he told them, Yosef, it's time, we're ready to go. The time came and we're going to be leaving the time. We need you to come along with us. And it says that the arrow rose and they left and they went out. So we see Sarah at two very significant points. At a point when the Geula was just beginning when Moshe was coming to tell them that he was going to be the Redeemer. And we also see her coming in when they're leaving Mitzrayim, when they're on their way out already. So we see her at the beginning of the redemption and here again at the end of the redemption. And the story continues that the Jewish people, they ended up in the Midbar and then we see in Ba Midbar that she was counted again, that she was still alive and she was still here. And she continues to live during the times of the Jewish people, when they're, you know, conquering the land of Israel, when they built the Beis HaMikdash. Yes, we have, oh my gosh, Miriam, thank you, Ale Sharp. Those are the words that Moshe used. Amazing. We have such a great crew here tonight. Um, so she continues to be there for the Jewish people, um, and she does not die. And she shows up in another story in Shmuel. We're not going to get into that story with Sheba ben Bechri and Yoav and David HaMelech. And she, at that point, she helps save an entire um, an entire town of people. And then it says that it's brought down in Chazal that she actually left with the first group of people after the destruction of the first base HaMikdash. So after the destruction of the first base HaMikdash, it was like in two stages when the people left. Before the, the ultimate destruction, there was a group of scholars and very righteous people that left Eretz Yisrael in the first group when the Babylonians took them out and they settled in Bavel. And that group of people actually set up like the Torah institutions and the shuls and the buildings for when the rest of the nation is going to be sent into exile. So that first group was there serving as kind of a foundation for when everybody else will be coming out into exile. And they prepared themselves because they knew that so much Torah was going to be you know, written down during the time that they were in Babel. For example, the Talmud, Talmud Bavli was all written after the destruction of the Beis Dash. So it says that Sarah was there and she was with the first roundup of people. And there is a tradition that she is buried in Iran. 
in Iran, um, in Persia, which was Babylon. And um, actually, I heard this from Robertson Leia Cohn. She was giving a share in Great Neck, and there was somebody who was sitting there in the audience that heard from Robertson Leia Cohn that there's this tradition. And she actually said that, yes, her family is from Iran, and Sarah Bas Asher is buried there. So even though she is buried there physically, it says that her neshama is always here. So when she went up into Shemayim after she died from this world, it says that she was surrounded by tons of malachim and she was brought into Olam Haba. But she has the ability, her neshama has the ability to come back and forth, just like Elio Navi comes all the time, you know, to check in on us, to do miracles, and to just provide us with chizok during this time that we are in Galas. So the last story that I'm going to tell you about Sarah Basashar is really going to pull this all together. Um, Chazal say that what Sarah did during her lifetime was connecting people who were Ne'eman to the Ne'eman. So for example, when she told Yosef, when she told Yaakov that Yosef was still alive, she was connecting Yaakov, who we refer to as an Ish Ms, who was the most honest and person who represented the media of Ms of truth, a Ne'eman, that Yosef is still alive. So she connected Ne'eman to Ne'eman. Yosef was the most trustworthy person. Yosef was put in charge of the whole house of Potiphar. Yosef was also trustworthy in the eyes of Paro that he was second to king. So she connected a Ne'eman to another Ne'eman. She also connected the bones of Yosef to Moshe. So she connected another Ne'eman to Ne'eman. It says about Moshe, that he was the most trustworthy person. I mean, Hashem gave him the Torah to be able to give to us. So her ability of connecting trustworthy people to other trustworthy people is what her significant role is that she teaches us. And the fact that she lived so long allows her to call herself, she calls herself an Aim Israel. She's a mother of Israel. She lived so long, she was able to experience so much, and she was able to be witness to all these different things that Hashem did to us. She was able to witness Hashem when we were in Egypt, when there was backbreaking Libra, when there was the Makos in the story of Paro. She was able to witness us coming out of Mitzrayim. She was able to see us settling in the land of Israel, struggling by to Egal, you know, coming in and conquering the land and then conquering all the nations and then building the base of Mekdash and then destroying the base of Mekdash. So she was witness to everything. You know, sometimes I feel this way about mothers, right? They just know everything. I know my mother listens to these, obviously, so I have to, you know, give her a shout out and tell her that yes, mothers have, you know, this incredible ability to know things that happened before you were here and know what will happen after. And that's why she's an Amy Israel. She's empathetic. She's compassionate, but she also knows best, right? That's where the line comes from. Mothers know best. Why do they know best? Because they have so much experience. Sarah was able to see so much. The gift that Hashem, that, that Yaakov gave her, the bracha that Yaakov gave her, was that she was going to be able to live forever. So she was going to be able to see everything. She was going to be able to give advice and to help the Jewish people and to give them chizah. Because like when it's bad, she's like, no, no, it's going to be okay because Hashem took us out here and Hashem took us out here and Hashem kept saving us. So she was witness to all of the tragedies, all the difficult times and all the incredible, amazing times that she was able to be there for the Jewish people. So the last story that I'm going to mention is that when she comes up in the Gemara, the story of, I'm sorry, not in the Gemara, and with the, during the time of the Amorahim, the story is recorded, yes, in the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan, where he was sitting in the base Medrash and he was learning about Kriyas Yamsaf. 
and this is her thing because like she was definitely around there that was in her younger years this is not even when she was old Sarah was young already it was still young at this point she was only like I don't know you know uh maybe like 150 years old uh 200 years old so she um remembers this and he's telling a story about Yom during the time that the Jewish people were leaving and there was a question they were you know questioning whether um when the Jewish people came out of when the Jewish people entered into the Yamsuf, what happened and how it split. So Rabbi Yochanan says that it wasn't just one split through the middle. It was 12 splits, okay, for each tribe. Each tribe went their own way. And in between each tribe, there was a wall of water. So the question that he was asking and he was trying to answer was, was this wall opaque or was it see-through? And the way that he answered it, based on the information he had, he said these walls were opaque, and everybody went through, walked through the, the, their own path, each with their own path, and they were not able to see each other. And it says, in comes Sarah Basasher. She walks into the room, and she says, no, no, no. I was there. I was at Kriya Samsa. And let me tell you, those walls were not opaque. Those walls were see-through. And every shavet was able to see another shavet. So whether it was totally see-through, whether it was like a lattice, whether it was they were able to see through, peek through, there was a way for them to be able to see every shavet as they walked through. And what, it's funny, because like you're like, what is this question? Was it opaque? Was it see-through? Like, who really cares? And the answer is that what Sarah was trying to teach them was that, yes, you're gonna be here in this world. You're gonna be going through Gaulus and it's going to be difficult. And you are going to be each on your own path. And one person is gonna follow the laws of the Torah this way, and one person is gonna follow the laws of the Torah this way, and one person is gonna act this way, and one person is gonna do this thing. But what is going to get you through this Gaulus is going to be the fact that you can see each other, that it is see-through and you're able to understand one another. She's saying, what destroyed the second Beis HaMikdash? You're now during the time of post-second Beis HaMikdash, right? Now we're in the time of Amoran. And Rabbi Yochanan is saying, no, it was, it was opaque. We were not able to see each other. And she said, no, that's what caused the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, Sanas Chinam. And I'm telling you that because it was see-through, you were able to see each other. That is what's going to get you out of this second exile. Avas chinam. Avas chinam is what's going to bring us out of this. And when you see each other and when you understand each other, that's what's going to get you through. And it's kind of like, if you think about it, she was like the ultimate mom, right? She was like, you know, if you ever hear kids bickering, I don't know if any of you ever experienced this. Um, you could just come to my house for one night, you know, this is how you do it. This is what I said. He sat on my chair. He sat on my table. And she's like, guys, 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 see each other. You need to be able to see each other and understand each other. And that's what's going to get you through the night. That's what's going to get you through this galas. And that was her message that she was passing on to us for all future generations. The fact that she was a witness to so many ups and downs, she was saying, this is what's going to get you through. And lastly, this thought I heard from Rebbe Talaya Cohen is that her ability of connecting Ne'eman to Ne'eman is still true today. Think about us Jewish people. We're here today, right? The fact that we are still here and we're still joining in on, you know, Super Bowl night and the Jewish people still care and we're still doing mitzvahs and we're still thinking Hashem and all that stuff. That means that we are still Ne'eman. We are still trustworthy. We are still believing that Hashem runs this world. So she was saying that perhaps that the last message that Sarah was teaching us connecting us, this generation, this thank you Hashem generation of Ne'eman people 
to Hashem, who's the ultimate Ne'eman. And that's what's going to bring us out and eventually bring the third base Hamikdash. She's saying that we have had people throughout generations that have had it harder, have had it easier. I saw it all. No matter what, I know that Hashem is the ultimate redeemer. He's going to bring us out. And the fact that we are still here today shows that we are Naaman, just like Yosef was Naaman, just like Moshe was Naaman, just like Yaakov was Naaman. Our generation is Naaman, and we are going to be reconnected to Hashem. So that is, thank you, Hashem Nation. We are the nation. Yes, TYH Nation. Thank you, Nicole. That's what we are. We are a TYH Nation. We are a nation of Naaman. And the fact that we're still believing today, like saying thank you Hashem is really what gives us, it, it means that you believe in Hashem, right? Whether good things happen or bad things happen. So I think that is really what we're doing is that Hashem is, wants to connect to us and we are the Naaman people. Okay, so any questions or does anybody want to go back to the game? I don't even know if the game is still going on. Um, thank you. Let me just see if I missed any questions here. Um, yes, yeah, somebody asked the question about discussing if the walls were opaque. Rabbi Yochanan was discussing in the base medrash, and Sarah Pas Usher casually walked into the base medrash to uh, to correct him and tell him that it was see through. Um, okay, thank you so much for joining. Um, I hope you had a great night, and I hope you enjoyed this series. Um, I think we'll be back hopefully in a week and a half, um, and we'll be talking about Purim. Um, and I'm super excited about that. So thank you so much for joining. Have a great night.